So I want to invite you into our message time today, and there's a scripture I want to share with you that I want to walk us through. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Vamos a mirar primero Pedro 3, del 13 al 15. It's in the New Testament of the Bible, and in fact, if you're looking for it, there's some page numbers up on the screens. Uh, on the screen, those are connected to those Bibles in the back. La página está conectada con las Biblias de atrás. And I invite you to turn to these, just these simple three verses, four verses that we're going to read, something like that. And uh, I'm going to read it first in Spanish and then in English. I invite you to follow along. Voy a leer primero en español y después en inglés. Y espero que me puedan seguir con sus Biblias en la mano. Pedro escribe aquí. So these are, this is the word of the Lord. This is God's word through the inspired writer Peter. La palabra de Dios por medio del escritor inspirado Pedro. Y dice lo siguiente. Y a ustedes, ¿quién les va a hacer daño si se esfuerzan por hacer el bien? Dichosos si sufren por causa de la justicia. No teman lo que ellos temen, ni se dejen asustar. Más bien, honren en su corazón a Cristo como Señor. Estén siempre preparados para responder a todo el que les pida razón de la esperanza que hay en ustedes. Pero háganlo con gentileza y respeto. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So uh, it was probably a month or so ago that I got in the mail something that you get in the mail. It's your reward for voting. It's called a summons to jury duty. Yo recibí en el correo una citación para servicio del jurado. And you've seen these, if, if you've gotten these before, you have to call in on a certain day and find out if you have to go into court. Uh, tuve que llamar para ver si tenía que comparecer en la corte para servicio del jurado. So on a certain night, I called in and uh, my group was excused. That was a good thing. I didn't have to go. No tuve que ir. But I've had to go before. And the recording on the phone reminded me, I will have to go again. I can, you know, just be aware that there's another summons coming in the mail sometime soon. Me dijeron en el teléfono que sí voy a recibir otra citación muy pronto. So I'm expecting that. But, you know, there's something about going to court, even if it's just for jury duty. If you go to a courtroom, if you've ever stepped inside of a courtroom, it can be a very intimidating place, okay? Some of you I know have been there for other reasons than jury duty, okay? God bless you because I go for jury duty and I step in there and it's scary, okay? Es un lugar intimidante la corte. And even if it's just jury duty, you're aware that you are being watched. And everything you say is being evaluated. You have to say the right thing and you have to speak the truth as much as possible. Tienes que decir lo correcto y decir la verdad. And if you're on trial, well, it's even more than that. You need to be persuasive in what you say. Si eres el acusado, tienes que ser persuasivo también. 
So I want you to have in mind this picture of a courtroom here because as we come to 1 Peter chapter 3, the early church leader Peter is writing to Christians. And he's writing to Christians who in effect are on trial. Pedro escribe a cristianos que están ante tribunal. Now, they're not necessarily on trial in a court of law, but they're on trial in the court of public opinion. They're on trial before the society of their day. Están ante tribunal no legal, sino el tribunal de la opinión pública, de su sociedad. And so in that sense, we need to understand that just as those Christians were on trial, Peter really is writing to us. Because whether we know it or not, we are on trial every single day in our society. Again, we're not going to the court in Porterville or Visalia, but we're on trial before the court of what people out there uh, want uh, to know about us. They're looking at us. They're evaluating us. Estamos ante el tribunal del mundo, and we're living in a world that is increasingly skeptical, increasingly doubtful of the Christian faith, increasingly even hostile towards the things of God, towards the people of God. Vivimos en un mundo escéptico y hostil hacia las cosas del Señor, hacia el mensaje cristiano. And so we need to understand this is something that we can pay attention to because Peter's purpose here is to give encouragement. Pedro quiere dar ánimo. He, he literally wants to put courage into the people that he's writing to so that they can say something for the Lord without being intimidated in that court in which they live. Quiere darles ánimo, infundirles ánimo para que tengan valentía de decir algo en la corte del mundo en que vivimos. And so I want to walk us through this a little bit more closely. Let's just look at the first verse there, verse 13, the beginning of verse 14, versículo uh, 13. Peter says, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Y a ustedes, ¿quién les va a hacer daño si se esfuerzan por hacer bien? Dichosos si sufren por causa de la justicia. Peter's saying, let's put this in perspective a little bit. Let's be honest. Vamos a ser honestos. Vamos a poner eso en perspectiva. If you do what is good, what God is calling you to do, and if you step out and you say something for Jesus Christ in the world, let's get real, chances are you're not going to get beat up for it. Chances are you're not going to get arrested. Chances are you're not going to be tortured. You're not going to be killed. Si tú haces bien en, en hablar por el Señor, es muy probable que no te arresten, no te golpeen, no te torturen, ni nada de eso. It's probably not going to happen. And yet we know it does, right? It does. We live in a world today where there is persecution of Christians. There are Christians that are beaten and tortured for their faith. Sin embargo, hay cristianos que son perseguidos por su fe. In fact, today, I don't know if you know, is the day of prayer for the persecuted church. Many churches in our world today are praying specifically for Christians who are persecuted. And inside, I think inside the bulletin there, we have a prayer guide. In fact, you may want to, oh, we didn't get that. Is that out somewhere? We we're going to have a prayer guide. We'll get it to you. All right? So we want you to pray for the persecuted church. Queremos orar por los cristianos que están perseguidos. There's news this week of a young woman in Pakistan who was released on trial for her life, for her faith. 
It does happen. Había una mujer en Pakistán ante el tribunal por su fe. Sí ocurre. But chances are that's not going to happen to you. And yet Peter says, if it does happen, guess what? You are blessed. Si es así, dichosos son. And in saying that, Peter is echoing the words of Jesus. Those are words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, if you look at Matthew 5.11, Mateo 5.11, what does Jesus say? He says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Dichosos serán ustedes cuando por mi causa la gente los insulte, los persiga y levante contra ustedes toda clase de calumnias. You are blessed. So, Peter's saying here, the bottom line is, the greatest fear that we often have is not that if we say something, we're going to suffer violence. I don't know if anybody in here has that fear. If I say something for Jesus, I'm going to get beat up for it. Probably not. Not where we live. No es el temor más grande que si decimos algo por Jesús vamos a sufrir violencia. What's our greatest fear? ¿Cuál es nuestro temor? Our greatest fear is probably not that we're going to die over it. Our greatest fear really, let's be truthful, is we're going to die of embarrassment. That's the greatest fear we have. El temor que tenemos es que vamos a morir, sí, de estar avergonzados del Señor. But you see, Peter would say to us, that's not the proper fear to have. Ese no es el miedo, el temor correcto. Fear of embarrassment. Fear of people. Fear of being rejected. Un temor a las personas o a la vergüenza, but always that's so powerful. We all have it. I fight it every time I step up here. What are you going to think of me? Right? We, we all fight that. What will people say if I do this or if I don't do that? I battle that. Yo, yo sufro por esto. And yet Peter's putting things in perspective here on what we should be afraid of. You know, 400 years ago, uh, there was a Christian philosopher by the name of Blaise Pascal who said this. He says, the problem is we are overly sensitive to minor things and we are strangely insensitive to the greatest things of all. Dijo Pascal, somos tan sensibles a las cosas menores y tan extrañamente insensibles a las cosas más grandes. Peter would put it in a slightly different way, but I think he's saying the same thing here in verse 14. He says, do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. There's the greatest thing. No teman lo que ellos temen, ni se dejen asustar. Más bien dice Pedro, honren en su corazón a Cristo como Señor. Peter is giving us actually another echo of scripture. Otro echo de la palabra de Dios aquí. He's quoting, uh, Bible scholars tell us, from Isaiah chapter 8 verse 12. Está citando Isaías 8.12. If you go back to Isaiah 8.12, this is what Isaiah 8.12 says. See if this doesn't sound like something you've just heard. Isaiah 8.12 says, Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. Dice Isaías, no teman lo que ellos temen, ni se dejen asustar. 
the Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy, or the one you are to set apart as holy. So, la Señor Todopoderoso tendrán ustedes por santo. He is the one you are to fear. Solo a Él han de temerlo. Peter's saying, if you're going to be afraid, at least be afraid of the greatest thing that you can be afraid of. Si van a tener miedo, hay que tener miedo de la cosa más grande. Don't be afraid of being embarrassed before people. If you're going to be afraid, be embarrassed, uh, be afraid of being embarrassed before God. Que tenga miedo de estar avergonzado no ante las personas, sino ante Dios. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. In other words, he's saying, have a holy fear of the greatest one of Jesus. Not a trembling kind of fear, but a loving fear. A, a, a fear that you dare not disappoint your Lord. You love him so much. Que tengan un miedo, que no quieren desilusionar a su Señor. And that holy fear, that reverence, that love will crowd out the smaller fear of people. Ese temor reverente va a desplazar el temor a las personas. That's the way to live. So don't be afraid, Peter says. Crowd out that fear. In fact, he's again, he's echoing scripture here, and I don't know the order of when these scriptures were written, but certainly Peter and John knew each other. Es un eco de lo que dice Juan el Apóstol. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, the Apostle John says this, There is no fear in love, because perfect love casts out all fear. That's Jesus. Jesus is perfect love. No hay en el amor el temor porque el amor perfecto echa fuera el temor. So, so crowd out your fear of being embarrassed, your fear of people, and replace that with a holy respect and love, a holy fear of Jesus. Que desplacen el miedo a las personas y que pongan en su lugar un temor al Señor. And then be ready. Que estén siempre preparados. Look at the rest of verse 14 and 15 actually. Uh, it says, uh, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Que estén siempre preparados para responder a todo el que les pida razón de la esperanza que hay en ustedes. Be ready. Be alert. Que estén alerta. That's a theme that actually runs all the way through uh, the book of 1 Peter. In fact, if you look at 1 Peter 4, 7, he says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be what? Alert. Be ready and self-controlled so you can pray. Dice en 1 Pedro 4, 7, se acerca el fin de todas las cosas, así que para orar bien, manténganse alerta, sobrios y con la mente despejada. And later on, he talks in, in 1 Peter 5, 8, you know, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, he's going around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Estén alerta, su enemigo el, el diablo ronda como un león rugiente. So that's the theme. Be ready. Why? Because things can change forever in just a moment. Todo puede cambiar en un momento para toda la eternidad. I had a conversation with uh, a man about uh, a couple weeks ago and a couple months ago 
Some of you know about this. This man was run over by a car. Hablé con un hombre que fue atropellado en carro. And, and he was rather matter of fact about it. He said, you know, um, I just got distracted. And I darted out into the street without looking and everything changed. En un momento de distracción se puso en la, la calle y se lo atropelló un carro. That's all it took. One, one careless moment and everything changed. That's not being alert and that's kind of a negative consequence. But Peter's, I think, talking in a different direction. He's saying things can change in a bad way in just a moment. They can also change for the good. Las cosas pueden cambiar negativamente en un momento, pero también en, para lo positivo. So be ready. You never know when an innocent, everyday, normal conversation could all of a sudden become a, a uh, an eternal conversation or a, a conversation with eternal consequences. Just a moment. En un momento, una conversación normal se puede convertir en una conversación con consecuencias eternas. You have that opportunity just in that moment to say something, to open up something, to plant a seed, to water a seed that can change someone's life. I again talked to someone this week in an innocent conversation. They went from here all the way over to here with this person pouring out their life story and opening up to God after years of being hostile towards God. Be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Estén siempre preparados para responder a todo el que les pida razón de la esperanza que hay en ustedes. Give an answer. Responded. That word in the original language of the Bible is uh, the word apologia, which does not mean apology. Sorry, I'm a Christian. No, it means a defense. Be ready to give a defense, as in a legal defense. Que estén preparados para dar una respuesta. La palabra en griego apologia es defensa legal. Give someone a defense for the reason of your hope. Por la razón de la esperanza que tienen. Again, this is courtroom language Peter's using here. Give a legal defense with very, an almost legal explanation. Down the line, an accounting, a legal accounting for why you believe what you believe. It doesn't mean you know everything. It means you're ready to say something. Estás dispuesto a decir algo. So, how do we do that? As we're out in the court of public opinion, day in and day out. How can we give that response, that defense, not defensively, but in a way that is winsome? The Ministry of Youth for Christ and Campus Life is one we're connected with, with Mokay School. Hay un ministerio con el que trabajamos en la escuela. And they talk about uh, the three circles approach. Three circles. Hay tres círculos, dicen. Un enfoque de tres círculos. So I want you to think about this with me. The first circle, they say, when we enter into conversation with someone, the first circle we need to have in mind is the story of that other person. What's your story? ¿Cuál es la historia de esa persona con quien hablas? That's the first circle. Es el primer círculo. What's your story? Tell me. I said it last week. We begin to share our faith not by saying something, but by listening. Comenzamos por escuchar. Tell me your story. And as that person begins to tell their story, 
you can get a sense of the connecting points, the places where they may have need, the places where they may be searching. Puedes así discernir puntos de conexión donde tienen necesidad. And that then leads you to the second circle. The second circle is not just their story, but my story. I've listened to your story. Here's my story. Aquí mi historia. And specifically, we have opportunities in those places to say, here's my story with God. Aquí mi historia con Dios. Pastor Kevin Harney, uh, someone we know and love up in Monterey, he has written books and he talks about this. He says that uh, in telling our story, we need to understand we don't have just one story. We have many stories. Tenemos no solo una historia, sino muchas historias con Dios. And so he urges people to actually think about their story. What's your story? He says, write it down. Write a paragraph about your story and become familiar with your own story so that you can share it. Escribe un párrafo de tu historia y después familiarizarte con esa historia para poder compartirla. You know what he says? Take it a step further. He says, go find a Christian friend, someone you know that won't laugh at you and embarrass you, and tell them your story. Practice your story. Because sometimes we aren't even aware of our own story with God. And, and so when the opportunity comes to share, we don't even know what to say. But practice your story. If you care enough, practice your story. He says, why? Hay que ensayar, practicar tu historia con otro, otra persona. Well, here's why, he says. People out there that you meet every day, when they talk to you and find out you're a Christian, they don't believe you believe what you believe. No creen que tú crees lo que crees. They may think that you are a Christian because your parents were. They may think you're just a religious person. They may think you go to church because it's good for your business or uh, because it's a social thing where you meet friends. They have all kinds of reasons why they think you believe, but the one reason is not that they think you actually believe it. Ellos no piensan que tú crees, que piensan que tú vas a la iglesia porque es algo social o bueno para tu negocio o algo así. They don't believe you believe what you believe until you say what you believe. Until you tell a heartfelt story of what God has actually done in your life. And then that is where it becomes real to them. You mean you actually believe this crazy stuff? Yes. Tu crees esto? Sí. And they are they're confronted with the reality that you have a true and genuine faith. And so he says, you know, one of the things that can help you as you think about your story, can you tell your story in one to three minutes, one of your, a part of your story? He says, here's one way to think about it. Think about it in terms of B.C. and A.D. That's the way our whole history is divided, right? Piensen en antes de Cristo, después de Cristo. Can you in one to three minutes to say this, before Christ, this is what life was like. After I have come into a relationship with Christ, this is what life's like. And that's not to say life is fantastically perfect, everything's in order, I never sin, I've got all this great money. No, come on, get real, right? 
No, uh, before Christ, life was hard. After Christ, life is still hard. But there are so many blessings. Antes de conocer a Cristo, la vida era dura. Después sí es dura, pero también hay esto. Y hay esto. Hay lo otro. I'm changing. And people will listen to that. So circle one, your story. Circle two, here's my story. And circle three is God's story. El tercer ciclo es la historia de Dios. Always be ready to give an answer for the reason of the hope that you have. Que den la razón de la esperanza que tienen. What's the hope we have? It's the hope of the message, the story of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news. That's our hope. It's God's story. Es la esperanza del evangelio, las buenas noticias de Jesús. That's the story. It's one story, one single story. But there, again, there are so many ways that you can tell that story depending on where that person may be and depending on what God's done in your life. You can highlight an aspect of that story that may connect with a need in that person's story. But first of all, you've got to know the story. Do you know the story of the good news? Conocen la historia de las buenas noticias. Could you, in the time it takes to go from the first floor to the sixth floor in a building, tell someone the basics of what the good news is? 30 seconds. En 30 segundos pueden dar un resumen de las buenas noticias. Well, if not, guess what? I want to help you. Uh, we have a bookmark in the bulletin. On the back of it, there are some verses. And here's the gospel. God's word gives us good news in, in these little nuggets. And so what is the good news? ¿Cuáles uh, ¿cuál son las buenas noticias? The good news is John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. What's the gospel? It's Isaiah 53.6. All we like sheep have gone astray, every one of us to his own way, but the Lord has put on him, on Jesus, the iniquity and the sin of us all. Estábamos perdidos como ovejas, siguiendo nuestro propio camino, y Él hizo recaer en Jesús la iniquidad y el pecado de todos. 30 seconds. I even did it in two languages in 30 seconds. Right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It is by grace, the undeserved sacrificial love of Jesus, that you are saved through faith, changing in direction and believing in Him, and that isn't even from yourselves. It's not by works. It's a gift of God, so no one can boast. Son salvos por medio de la gracia, el amor sacrificial y inmersivo de Jesús mediante la fe que es cambiar de dirección y creer en Él. Y eso no es de ustedes, no es obra. Es el regalo de Dios para que nadie se jate. What's the gospel? It's Romans 5, 6. At the right time, when we were still sinners, still not looking for God, Christ died for us. En el tiempo señalado, cuando éramos incapaces de salvarnos, Cristo murió por nosotros. And finally, one we talked about last week, Romans 10:9. What's the gospel? If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Si confiesas con la boca, Jesús es el Señor, y crees en tu corazón que Dios lo levantó de los muertos, serás salvo. 
That's the good news. And there's a, a, an author by the name of Jerry Bridges who says, if we're going to tell this story, you know what we need to do? We need to preach it. And the first person we need to preach it to is ourselves. Preach to yourself the gospel. Every day, he says. Predicate a ti mismo el evangelio. And especially when you're in those places where you're all whacked out. You got to preach yourself the gospel. I preached myself the gospel this morning when I got into church because I've had a rough weekend. Man, it's been hard. And I had to get over here and I said, I'm going to preach the gospel to myself. And it is such a beautiful thing. Becky Pippert says, rehearse the gospel to yourself. Go over it, over and over and over and over till when you cut yourself, you bleed it. We should know the most important story of our lives. Here's another one. Here's, uh, this is an extra for free. Wait, there's more. Six gospel events from Jesus, and each one of them is a door into the gospel. The life and ministry of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, which means he's in control of everything, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and Liliana said it, the coming, the return of Jesus. Every one of those is a door into sharing the story. Someone says, I need wisdom, I need truth. Necesito verdad o sabiduría. The teaching of Jesus. Here you go. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he said. I'm suffering. I'm, I'm in a bad place. Estoy sufriendo. Guess what? Jesus suffered even more for you on the cross. He died for you. Cristo sufrió más en la cruz por ti. I need hope. I'm in a hopeless situation. I have no hope. I need hope. Necesito esperanza. Good news. Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated your greatest enemy. That's hope. Jesús resucitó los muertos. Derrotó la muerte. See, each of those is a door. So what am I trying to say with all of this? Here's the bottom line. Love God's story. Love the gospel. Love Jesus and set him apart as Lord. And love people. That's what we need to do. Hay que amar a Jesús, a su mensaje y a las personas. I want to be clear. It is not what we know that counts. It's not what you know. No es lo que sabemos. It is what we love that will enable us to share Jesus Christ with people and to crowd out the fear. Es lo que amamos que nos ayuda a desplazar el miedo y compartir al Señor Jesús. It is loving Jesus and loving the real hope he's given us in the, in the good news that can crowd out that fear. Why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. El amor perfecto echa fuera el temor. So I want to encourage you. I want to put courage inside of you that would come from God. Quiero animarles que tengan valentía that you might do this, that you might say something out of a love for Jesus a love for people and a love for his amazing grace. Que digan algo por amor a Jesús, a las personas y su gracia maravillosa. 
And then how are we to do that? Peter says, do this with gentleness and respect. Hágalo con gentileza y respeto. We're not to be embarrassed or afraid of people, but that doesn't mean we run them over either, right? No tenemos vergüenza, no estamos avergonzados, pero no atropellamos a las personas. We need to respect people. Respect people enough that we are willing to die of embarrassment. We're willing to go through a few <coughs> uncomfortable minutes of embarrassment if that means they get to have an eternity with Jesus Christ. Is that worth it? Totally worth it. Vale la pena tener unos momentos estar avergonzado para que alguien agarre una eternidad con Cristo. That's worth it. It's worth me being uncomfortable and afraid for just a bit if someone does not have to face an eternity without Jesus Christ. You know what that is? That is the working definition of hell. Para que nadie tenga que sufrir el infierno vale la pena. We need to have enough respect for people that we are willing to work at sharing our faith. To prepare, to practice our story, like we said. Tenemos que tener suficiente respeto como para ensayar y practicar lo que es nuestra historia. I love and respect you and I love Jesus enough that I work like crazy. I didn't just come up here this morning and say, I just, you know what, I think I'll just talk about this, right? You know, you have to know, I've been preparing all week. I'm not trying to boast there. I'm just saying, that matters, right? We, can we do the same thing for people in our lives that know Jesus? Could you? Here's my invitation. It's Kevin Harney's invitation. I'm going to rob it and give it to you. Can you work this week on just jotting a few notes down of one of your stories and then go find a person you trust and tell it to them? Puedes escribir tu historia y después practicar esa historia con alguien. And then be ready to tell it to somebody else. Could you do that? Staff, we're going to do that next staff meeting, okay? We're going we're to write down a little bit of our story and we're going to practice it. Vamos a practicar. We're going to do what I'm asking you to do. And here's the other thing. Can you this week just learn one of these verses? Just learn one of them and memorize it and preach the gospel to yourself all week. Puedes memorizar uno de esos versículos esta semana. See, what that is is showing a respect for Jesus and a respect for his people and for people who need him. Jesus' perfect love casts out all fear. El amor perfecto de Jesús echa fuera el temor. So love Jesus, love people, love his message, crowd out the fear, and for God's sake, say something. Que amen a Jesús, su mensaje a las personas, desplacen el miedo y digan algo. I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Vamos a orar. And in fact, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask if we might have a couple people over in the corner here because I don't want to leave this place without giving you a gospel invitation. Quiero darles una invitación al Evangelio. 
Jesus Christ died for you. And if you, if you need and want to accept that gift from him this morning, if you've never accepted the gift of Jesus Christ and something here has sparked you to, to respond, and I don't want to go away without giving you that opportunity. If you want to turn your life in a new direction and follow Jesus Christ and, and surrender to him and ask him to forgive you and lead you, Please pray with me. Si quieres seguir al Señor Jesucristo, cambiar la dirección de tu vida, ora conmigo. In fact, I want to invite you, even if you have the courage, stand right where you are. We're going to bow our heads. Just stand right where you are if you want this morning to trust in Jesus Christ. Si quieres confiar en el Señor esta mañana por primera vez, ponte de pie, ahora mismo. Lord, we recognize that we are filled with all kinds of fears. Estamos llenos de todo tipo de miedo. We thank you. We thank you for the good news that at just the right time when we were still running away from you, you ran towards us. Gracias cuando queríamos huirnos, huir de ti, Señor, tú viniste siguiéndonos. Buscándonos. There's anyone here this morning that senses your call. If there's someone here that can hear your footsteps behind them saying, come to me, I pray that they could just stand right now and I want to pray for them. If you want that, stand up. Vamos a orar. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming, for seeking me. Gracias por venir y buscarme, Señor. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the dead. Come into my life. I want to change the direction of my life. Quiero cambiar la dirección de mi vida. Entra en mi vida, Señor Jesús. I turn to you. I trust in you. Come in and have my life. Entra en mi vida y cámbiame. Thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you for loving me. I want to love you above all else. Quiero amarte más que nada see some people that have stood and are standing and if you want prayer, more prayer I'm going to invite you into that prayer corner over in the, uh, to, by the kitchen there, just go over, there are people there that are going to treat you with gentleness and respect as well they're just going to pray with you, they're just going to be with you for a few minutes I invite you to go over there te invito a, a que vayan al rincón ahí donde hay personas dispuestas a atenderte con gentileza y respeto y orar por ti I want to ask the rest of us to stand los demás pongámonos de pie Lord Jesus we all come in different conditions this morning some of us come feeling really strong and then there's there are others like me coming today and I feel very weak but thank you that it's not about us it's about you thank you Jesus for your perfect love crowds out our fear 
in our hearts may we set you apart always as Lord en nuestro corazón Señor seamos fuertes o débiles estemos, estemos lo que estemos que podamos apartarte a ti como Señor en nuestro corazón forgive us Lord where we have allowed our fear of lesser things to motivate us perdónanos donde el miedo y temor a las cosas menores nos ha motivado change us thank you for the beautiful story of what you've done in so many lives here gracias por tu historia lo que has hecho en las vidas aquí but thank you most of all for the most wonderful story of all thank you for the story of how you loved your broken people and creation so much that you would actually step down into the very world you made in order to pull people up from the dead thank you Jesus gracias Señor Jesús que, que viniste a la creación tuya para poder levantar a nosotros cuando estábamos muertos en el pecado We love you. And Lord, there are people in our lives that we want to pray for this week. Give us the courage that we can build genuine friendships of love with people and then speak out when the time comes. Whether it's one word or many that you give us, here are our mouths, here are our feet, here are our hands, here are our lives. Aquí tienes, Señora, nuestras bocas, nuestros pies, nuestras manos, nuestras vidas para poder compartir estas noticias tan preciosas. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we ask these things. And we sing praises to you. En tu nombre te alabamos y te damos gracias, Señor Jesús. And all God's people together say, Amen. Amen.